So what do you say to a congregation, to a group of people that you've walked with for the last 11 years? What do you say? Pastor Steve already alluded to a little bit about, you can talk about reflections. You could preach from a favorite passage of scripture. You could uh, share about something that's impacted you over your years of ministry. You could talk about stories and things that the community has done for you, for your family. Whichever way you choose, I was talking with a friend a couple weeks ago and they told me, they said, well, whichever way you go, you're gonna have to feel pretty carefree and pretty at ease. I mean, this is the last time that you're gonna preach there on staff and so you gotta be feeling like just relaxed. And I reminded them, I said, you do realize eight years ago, I asked this congregation to bow down before me in prayer. You can't get much more carefree and relaxed than that. Well, whatever it is that you're gonna kind of go and share, you kind of keep that question in front of you. What do you share with a group of people that you've walked with, you've prayed with? You've walked through them with some of the most perilous times, you've walked with them through baptisms, through communion, all different kinds of situations. You have shared with them, you have loved them. What do you share for one last time? I didn't want to be a shepherd. I didn't want to be a shepherd. Now I know as a congregation we have been pressing into this discipline of shepherding. But for me, when I heard that term many years ago, it wasn't this purely beautiful and good thing that we've come to hear and see here at College Wesleyan Church. For me, being a shepherd didn't feel like a compliment. It felt like a discouragement. I didn't want to be a shepherd. I wanted to be successful. I looked around at different pastoral gatherings that were happening in, in the pastoral domain, and, and I watched pastors who were being celebrated because of a program that they're doing or a sermon that they just preached. When pastors got together, they were asking questions about um, how they can do and how their church is growing. This was reflected, this success mentality was reflected in uh, when a church that I was pastoring at. At the church, it was following a funeral, and everyone in the congregation, everyone who's involved in the funeral, they're all cleaning up, and a member of this family, of the deceased, they didn't attend the church, but they came up to me, and they kind of like slipped me this card. And I just kind of put it aside, tucked it away in the pocket, but then I was kind of like concerned about like what was just written to me on this card. And so kind of pulled off the side, I look at it, and it says, you smell like your sheep. And I look across the room and I see this guy and he's giving me this look like he's just paid me the best compliment in the world. You smell like your sheep. And in my head I'm going, I don't want to be smelly. I want to be successful, right? Pastoral gatherings, we're not asking each other, how much do you smell? We're asking each other questions like, how many people are in your church? Success was reading books about how to grow your church in 30 days or your money back. These are the things that 
were concerned with. Shepherding was not something that was for ministry. Shepherding was this ancient practice. The picture of success that I had in ministry was platforms, not pastures. Success was being celebrated and being noticed. It wasn't laboring quietly alongside people as they tediously helping their well-being. Being a pastor, you, you fill your things with habits and outcomes. Do we submit the expense report on time? Are we spending quality time with our kids? Do we meet budget this last year? All these are the things that occupy our thoughts. In fact, if we pause, it's not just the pastoring domain. Any of our domains that we are involved in, we hear things that basically tell us this is what success looks like. If you're going to be successful in your domain of work, this is what you need to do. There's some metric that somebody is saying, do this and you'll succeed. It could be as a teacher, professor, law enforcement, civic engineer, student, athlete, coach. Metrics are being handed to you to say, this is what it means to succeed. And so we go about this work in our domain. And if you're anything like me, as you're trying to be successful, something is also eroding in your heart and in your soul. For me, what was eroding was this, was hope, contentment, and even a belief in the work that I was doing could have an impact. And yet, if we don't have any vision of shepherding, then we're left just doing this work without anything, without any hope, without any peace. So fast forward, when we came to College Wesleyan Church 11 years ago, so fast forward slash rewind, we came to church, College Church 11 years ago we saw something here among the body that stood out to us in other churches that we've been a part of. We saw scripture being lived out just as we heard read. I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. We found a group of people who are actually doing that. Mind-boggling but people were actually loving one another. They were following the way of the good shepherd. They didn't just sit there and say, well, that's Jesus' job description, being the good shepherd. We're gonna do something else. No, they were actually shepherding. This group of people, this community, was actually shepherding one another. And it wasn't just something that you heard in the pulpit on a Sunday morning or, or even programming. It was happening in conversations. It was happening all over, so that smelly thing, that smelly word, shepherding, you smell like your sheep, that smelly word, it was happening, and beautiful things were taking place. Stories across the years of how shepherding is impacted, right? So we've heard about how shepherding is these kind of these four areas of knowing, feeding, leading, and protecting. You know the sheep that God has entrusted to you, you feed the sheep that God has entrusted to you, lead and protect. Stories of knowing. 
right? These are stories of people who love, who care for, who took time, who are on the lookout for others. I'm thinking of two people. If, they said, if I said their names, they would turn bright red and they'd be extremely embarrassed that I'm saying the story. But I'm thinking of two people who slowed down, who looked out for others, who when you actually were talking to them, they were listening to you. They were listening in such a way that wasn't just to get to the next part of the conversation. They were listening because it was giving them a better opportunity to know who this person was in front of them that God had created. And the other person I'm thinking of knowing how they know the sheep, they were the one who looked out for the one that left the 99. The one that was on the fringe. They had a way of being able to see and identify people who needed to know that they belonged to this community. And they looked out for them, found them, spoke with them, prayed with them. I could share with you stories of feeding. This is the time, these are the kinds of stories of people who encourage one another, they pray for one another, they teach one another, they share scripture with one another. And we cannot underestimate the power that scripture has in our life, in the feeding that takes place. For me, this took place with a gentleman who sits over there in first hour, his name is Kevin. The week that I found out that my brother died, Kevin showed up, not just with food to actually feed us, because we eat, but he showed up to let me know you are not walking through this alone. And then time and time again after that, my phone would ring from him with a scripture verse that would speak into what was going on to help walk through that, feeding. I could share with you about Helen, who mere weeks before her own passing, she was reflecting on the Psalms. And she was taking in the Psalms in such powerful ways that it reminded her of who she was about to behold in just a few weeks. I could tell you about stories of people who are actually being fed. Two retirees years ago, Alice and Jeannie, who would come in the middle of the week and they made sandwiches for a midweek program that was taking place. Now that wasn't just the feeding that they were doing, that there was conversation that was taking place between the two of them. And anybody who kind of gathered around them, you got shepherded through conversations, through words. I could share stories of leading stories, how you lead the sheep, Stories of people who are hospitable, discerning, guiding, being devoted to one another. I could talk about Riley, one of the resident pastors here at the church years ago. Riley, as one of his kind of like, part of his job was to go and be visit some of the shut-ins. And he went and visited one of the shut-ins, his name was Glenn Wittenberg. And here's the thing, it wasn't Riley who was doing the shepherding. Flip it. 
it was Glenn. As Riley went and visited with Glenn, he found in this gentleman a shepherd who would carve out space for him to, to get to know him, ask him questions, talk with him. I remember time and time again, Riley would come back from visiting with Glenn and he felt shepherded. He felt loved. He felt cared for. He felt better prepared to go about the ministry and work that he was called to. I could share with you protect stories. Stories of people who were present in the times when we rejoice, the times that we grieve. Prayed for. Truth was spoken over them. They were guided. It was early one morning and I gotten word that one of the members in our church, their spouse had passed away. And so I went to the house to go be with this person and Soon after arriving there, there was a knock on their door. And I told him, I said, nope, don't worry about it. Stay there. I'll go get the door. I'll see who it is. And I'm walking to the door, and they still kind of were following behind me. And as I open the door, I look, and it's one of their friends, one of their shepherds. And all of a sudden, I'm kind of pushed out of the way. And these two just embrace. No words are shared between the two of them. Just an embrace that said, I am with you. I will protect you. I am with you in this. Put my hands on them, just kind of said, you know what? I think I don't need to be here anymore. And stepped aside because the shepherding work was taking place. These are just some of the stories that I have been thinking about these last couple of weeks. But actually, any of us, if we think and we pause long enough, we realize our formative moments in our life have a shepherd involved. There is a shepherd who is involved in some of the most formative moments of our life. People who were the incarnate present of Christ. They are the incarnate presence of the Good Shepherd. They did for us what Thomas Odin says of the incarnation, experiencing life just as we are. The ordinary walking, talking, living, and interacting, looking out for each other, encouraging, teaching, and forgiving us. People who are devoted and committed to us. That's what I found here. So as I'm going about my work of pastoring, I'm finding shepherding taking place. That smelly word, it's happening. I can't get away from it. The very thing that I was fleeing from, God is actually saying, press in. Lean into it. But here's the thing. This isn't Bruce Springsteen's glory days, okay? This isn't just being able to look in the past and to see what's going on and what we can remember and be thankful for. And it's not just looking forward of what's going to be happening and taking place and having hope for what's yet to come. No, this is still happening. Shepherding is still happening. Shepherding is still taking place here right now in this community, in this church, among you.
I want you to do me a favor. I want you to pause for a moment. I want you to think of one person that, has, that you have been shepherding that has been shepherding you this last couple weeks. Just a moment, reflect on that. Who has been shepherding you and who have you been shepherding these last couple weeks? I'm gonna ask for some congregational participation right now. On the count of three, I want everyone to say out loud the first name of the person that you have either been shepherding or has been shepherding you. Good? Got it? One, two, three. Still happening. Shepherding is still happening here right now. I could tell you about Chris, who's setting up spaces for people to get to know one another, to help make sure that they belong. I could tell you stories of Ken, who's beginning to lead a men's Bible study right now. I could tell with you about a group of women who, who I think it's every semester, they're setting up Bible studies for, for women to kind of to dive into scripture, to feed on scripture. I can tell you about the host of individuals who are walking with people through classes and groups to help them to be, find further belonging in here, to discover more about the church and to find belonging and, pre, and, and presence here at the church. I could talk to you about retirees who are no longer in the work that they're engaged in, that they were engaged in for so long, but they're now shepherding their ch grandchildren. We could talk about the Kids Hope Mentors that not only are present in the classroom with students to help them with school, yes, but more importantly, are walking with them through life. Guiding them, equipping them, feeding them, loving on them. Christ's words are not just for Christ. They are for us. That ancient job Shepherding is something that I wonder, as he called, kind of asked me to lean into it, I can't help but wonder if he's asking us to lean into it as well. No matter our domain, no matter our work, teacher, professor, student, athlete, coach, whatever it is, whatever your domain is, is God asking you to lean into that work and to shepherd, to be faithful, to be near. I know I look around, I know there's a lot of college students in this room right now, and some of you are getting ready to graduate. You're getting ready to actually lean in to your domain. Can I challenge you? As you do, strive to make an impact, yes. Be concerned about all the different things that are gonna happen to make sure that you can make it in that work that God is calling you to. But alongside of that, look for the deeper thing. The deeper thing that God is saying that you are called to, which is shepherding. Shepherding the people that God has put in your care. You're not just being called into a work or a domain, you are being called into shepherd, to walk with people. Thomas Oden said, shepherding is being the steward of the people that God has entrusted to you. 
And as a steward, you represent those people to God. And you represent God to those people. That's the work that you're stepping into. For those of us who are not college students, and we've been at it for a while, and perhaps our heart and our soul are beginning to erode just a little bit. And we're losing that hope that we had when we started that work or that belief. Lean into the shepherding. Lean into identifying those people that God has called you to care for. And as you do, you'll find your heart, in the words of John Wesley, strangely warmed perhaps. So it's post-resurrection. And Jesus is talking with Peter. And he looks at him and he says, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, you know I do. Then feed my sheep. Looks at him again, do you love me? Peter must by this time be a little bit concerned as to like, can you hear me all right? Do you love me? Tend to my sheep. Third time, now, G, now Peter is a little bit upset, like, come on. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. What do you say to a person or a group of people? You know it's gonna be the last time you talk with them. You're gonna pick your words wisely. And if you're on the receiving end of having a conversation with somebody, you know it's probably gonna be the last time you talk with them or hear from them, you're gonna remember it. Now I tend to agree with most of the theologians who kind of look at this passage of scripture and they say, this was Jesus kind of restoring Peter after he denied him three times, he's now restoring him. It's kind of that sign that's, no, this is Peter's restoration. I agree, that's great. But I also think, I also think this was Jesus looking at Peter and saying, this is your work. This is who you are. This is who I'm asking you to be. You want to be one of my disciples? Be a shepherd. Feed them. Tend to them. Love them. I have these two pictures. I think one's going up, yeah. I have these two pictures. Uh, my grandmother, she's passed away. She was 96 when she passed away. She, she was a great artist. I, I always just, just love the way that she had a way with art. Um, she did this when she was in her 80s. And I got a hold of it. And this picture of the sheep has come to kind of represent a couple different things for me, especially about the work of shepherding. And so I have resonated with these things, but I can't help but wonder if it'll resonate with each of us as we lean into that shepherding work. And the first is this, we are shepherds. And as shepherds, we are stewards. 
We care for those people that God has entrusted to us. And not only are we shepherds, as shepherds, we need to be caring for those that have been entrusted to our care, but we also need to be listening to those that have been entrusted to our care. Dietrich Bonhoeffer has a quote in which he says that people are looking, people are on the lookout for people who will listen to them. But these people cannot find it among Christians, good listeners, because Christians are busy talking when they should be busy listening. Bonhoeffer goes on to say, be wary of the person who cannot listen to their brother because soon they won't be able to listen to God. So as shepherds, we need to be listening to those who've been entrusted to our care. The other thing this picture tells me is this, to be a good shepherd, we have to abide as a sheep. The Lord is our shepherd. The Lord does guide us to green pastures. The Lord does restore our soul. And we do the same as a shepherd, as Christ's under shepherds. So the other picture I have is this picture of fruit. Same person, my grandma, 84. Just gonna brag on her. But this picture of fruit reminds me that the work that we do is with people. The fruit, the success, God's in charge of that. Our role is to be faithful. Our role is to abide in the Lord. He takes care of the fruit. He takes care of the success. What makes us effective shepherds is that we partner with God like a branch grafted into the vine. So here's what I'm trying to say. No matter your domain, no matter your work, the real work of those people that God has entrusted to you. I've shared this prayer with others before and I've been reading through it. I've been finding this, found it this past week as I've been going through notes and different things and I've adjusted some of the words and I thought it would be appropriate to, to pray over us today. Lord, here before you are the men and women of College Wesleyan Church. They strive daily to live out what you've called all of us to, to love you and to love our neighbor. As they go about providing spiritual support, shepherding and caring for those you've entrusted to them, would they be quick to listen and slow to speak? Would their words be edifying and encouraging? Would you give to them the assurance that the work they are engaged in is tending to the souls of your children, our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ? As they abide in you, may you abide in them. They are your hands and feet. 
They are your presence. They are the ones who will sit with others in trials and transitions. They will be the ones who mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice. They will guide, they will direct, they will discern. They will pray, they will extend love. They will be your shepherds. So thank you, Lord, for being our good shepherd. And it is in that name that we pray, amen. So go and smell like the sheep that God has entrusted to your care because it really is the best compliment that you could receive.